Welcome back to the latest edition of Until Saturday. We picked a hell of a week to get this thing going again, guys. I'm joined by Max Olson, uh, star reporter at The Athletic, Chris Vanini. Really good reporter, too. I'm just kind of here to host the show. So I, I, here, here we are. Uh, Colorado is going to the Big 12. Um, and I didn't know where you guys stood you know, in the last month or so thinking about where realignment was going to stand. But here we are. It's another, it's another piece. Uh, your mark is making moves. There's a lot happening here. So, Max, first, since you spent uh, the last 24 hours straight, I assumed, on the phone, why don't we uh, give you the floor and you can tell us the latest and what you know about this. All right. How about I spent the last twelve months on the phone on this? Story, yeah, you know. Yeah, I shortchanged you there. I'm sorry. What a, what a culmination of of a deal that really truly started the day Brett Yormark was hired. I mean, he was hired, and then right after that, um, USC and UCLA bail on the Pac-12 for the Big Ten, and uh, the Big Twelve leadership instantly knows. Okay, there's an opportunity here to try and go get some of these schools. And kind of uh, prey on that that fear and, uh, and and drama here for a minute, and certainly it's been a long pursuit. Um, but it, yeah, it, w- here here we are. Colorado is returning to the Big Twelve in 2024 uh, at the end of the Pac-12's um, you know grant of rights and media rights deal. Um, this has been you know for months I've been reporting on the possibility of this and kind of the ways that it makes sense and the ways that it maybe it doesn't. And, um, at the same time, I'm not sure I fully hundred percent believed it would happen. Um, you know, it was, it was a long process in terms of, uh, Brett Yormark and the big 12, uh, presidents and chancellors, um, you know, pursuing Colorado and their leaders and trying to persuade them that, uh, their future is brighter in the big 12. And, you know, as, as we sit here today on July 27th, the, the reality is PAC 12 still doesn't have that much clarity on this TV deal. And, uh, you know, as much as George Klyovkov has said, the longer they wait, the better the options look to him. Um, this is this is the uh, this is the downside. This is this is the risk that you take uh, with the process that that truly has dragged on for, for 12 months now. And Chris, we have a lot to unpack here, man. Like I I think that it's like, what's the future of the Pac-12 comes to mind? How good of an asset actually is Colorado? I know there's some Deion Sanders luster there, but you have to look at the program and not the coach. Right. Um, is this right. the beginning uh, of another wave of this? Because like I feel like, you know, for how much reporting you guys have done on this matter for the last 12 months, I don't know if there's a sigh of relief here. Like, uh, what do you think is the most important thing um, that are the next step or the thought process of like what you think is next for this? The, the most important thing and to me, the most important thing the entire time was not Colorado. It's the Arizona schools. And Max has been reporting on this again for a year. We always knew Colorado was most likely to make the jump first. And they made it as of right now, they made it on their own. And Arizona's president even told Max uh, on the record yesterday that we're still waiting on the Pac-12 and that's our stance. So they don't seem to be in a as much of a hurry yet. But it is remarkable that it took this long and eventually Colorado just got too antsy and had to go. I mean, like we, we've had the Pac-12 talking about its TV deal for a year now. There's still no clarity on it. The Pac-12 had all this opportunity to settle things down and they didn't get it done. And Colorado decides to go back. And, and, and that's the other interesting part of this. Remember, like Colorado was in the Big 12 already. They were in the Big 8 before that. There is a lot of connection with that school and that conference that's different than the rest of the Pac-12. Arizona, Arizona State have been in the Pac-12 since 1978. Utah is very grateful that the Pac-12 invited 
the Utes up to the Power Five, you know, a decade ago. So there are more connections there than there were with Colorado. Colorado can go, you know, they were picked last in the in the Big Twelve, uh, Pac twelve last week. Um, but this isn't the inflection point yet. It's what happens next with the Arizona schools. If they stay, if the Pac twelve replaces Colorado with San Diego State and they stay together, that might be an upgrade. So like, I don't think I don't think the Pac twelve is dead yet. But now we're we're in the end game here, you know. But it does seem to me like it would be a, a critical time, Max. And you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but you're in this weird position where another team has bolted to the Big Twelve. It's always kind of had this feeling of Big Twelve versus Pac Twelve. Which one's going to survive? Um, you have another team going there now. You don't have a television deal in place. I don't know what this move means for whatever TV deal they're negotiating. Um, if you're a Pac-12 school, are you kind of a rat on a ship right now, or do you feel like that you can continue to be patient in this whole deal here? Yeah, I, I think Chris nailed it. I, I think the question now, um, you know, and, and truly, I think since the end of May, um, when the Big 12 had their meetings uh, out in West Virginia, their spring meetings with their with Brett Yarmark, their presidents, their ADs, chancellors, um, I think they've been on the same page about kind of what the strategy he- is here. Step one in that strategy was always go get Colorado. Step two, I think, uh, you know, they're, they're, I think their hope has always been that if you can get one, um, you know, can that, can that lead to you picking up another Pac-12 school? And I think right now, probably as of today, I mean, look, there, there could be more chaos than we anticipate, I suppose. But I think as of today, probably more likely the Big 12 ends up being a 14 member um, league after Texas and Oklahoma leave. Uh, so I, I I think the question now is kind of who who's next if there is one from the Pac-12. Um, you know, certainly Arizona has been the one that you'd kind of circle for a long time. But I, I think that that you kind of I'm very curious today, uh, you know, as kind of the fallout of this kind of hits. What's the reaction on these other Pac-12 campuses about, you know, do we need to make a call to the Big 12 and, and figure out um, if that makes sense? Because, look. I don't know that Colorado was dying to go to the Big 12. I, I think that certainly their leadership valued the connection to California, the connection to um, you know the, the the board there and these universities and the prestige and all that. I think it speaks to kind of how dire the situation became. And look, you can talk to people who, you know tied to Colorado who believe maybe the Pac-12 wasn't that great for Colorado overall in their time there. You can have that conversation, but I think that the present the present predicament here is real, and uh, you, you're certainly curious. Um, you know, is it, is it Arizona? Is it Utah? Is it shoot Washington or Oregon or one of these schools that looks at the situation a little bit differently now? And if that's not the case, what direction does the big 12 move in to add one more? Th- so that's Chris, my question. Cause I- I've talked to a number of people over the last several months who didn't quite get why Colorado would want to do this. Um, they have big connections out in California Southern California is their largest alumni base outside of the state, but maybe USC and UCLA leaving, you know, changes that calculus. And if you're the big 12, what are you really getting in in Colorado? So ultimately I wonder, and I think, I wonder if Colorado looks at the big 12 and says, look, the PAC 12, it may fall apart. If it's not now, it may be in 2030. It may be in five years or whatever. So we might as well jump now when we know we can get a full share and be in a more stable conference. And, and, and now it's good to be else, wanted right now. To, yes. You know, it's good to be yeah. wanted right now because you might not be in the future. Right. And so you take that when you can. And now everybody else is going to have to be weighing the same thing. If you're Arizona, Arizona State, like I've talked to people at Arizona, Colorado, and they're like, look, we don't want to leave the Pac-12. But 
we need a number and we need it soon. And Colorado clearly ran out of time and had to make a move. And so uh, the lack of action from the Pac-12 is really the only thing that has dragged this whole thing out. Yeah. You know, and sometimes I wonder too, it's just like what's happening behind the scenes here when, when it comes to this TV deal in, in terms of, you know, are you just getting bad offers? I mean, what what's taking so long? Because I feel like almost it might be more advantageous to take less money than you think is ideal just to get some stability. And maybe that's the dumbest thing in the history of the planet because people will jump if you don't get the most money possible. I mean, you you help me out here, but it's just like I, I've seen on Twitter that George Klyavkov was apparently surprised by this. And, you know, last week he 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 said that uh, um, that they, the longer that they wait, the better this. the deal and wasn't concerned yep. about people leaving. And it's just like this is just like weird to me to, to the position that he's in in the in the Pac 12s in or Pac nine you know now. Um what do you guys think is the death blow for the Pac 12? Is that it, a hard it's question? If the, it's if the Arizona schools or Arizona specifically perhaps more than the other leaves. I, I'm very curious about the Arizona schools because they operate under the same regents mm-hmm. in the state which controls Arizona, Arizona State and Northern Arizona. So I'm not totally sure how that will work. Will the regents be cool with Arizona leaving and leaving Arizona State behind or do they go together? I'm not sure. Nobody I've talked to is, is really sure about that. Th- that is the ultimate death knell because if they leave, I don't know if you're Utah, how you can choose to stay. And, and there, it's, there's it's several two, more leaving. Yeah. That, that is that that would be the death blow. Yes. Yeah. And, and at, at, at that point, like this is way, a bit farther down the road, but like there's only two things that happen to a conference when you die. Either you become the Southwest Conference and you completely dissolve into a bunch of different conferences or you're the Big East where everybody leaves and you completely backfill and then you end up changing the name. So th- that's that's the step down the road. But in terms of the, the TV deal, like. And, and by the I, way, Chris, I, I don't so know. Do, do you yeah. think like do you think one of the options on the table here is that we're looking at a pack that has San Diego state, SMU, Colorado state, right. know, UNLV. You like, pack- I don't know. What is the, you know, if you're the mountain West, you're either concerned about getting raided by the PAC 12 to survive or the PAC 12 falls apart and you can add Oregon state and Washington state to your conference. You, I mean, you, the mountain West took calls back in 2011 or whatever that was when the big 12 thought it was going to fall apart. Kansas, Iowa state, like, they called the Mountain West to be like, hey, we may we may need a home here. So like the Mountain West, which was formed out of realignment when it broke off from the whack in 1998, I think, um, has always been kind of a weird league in that sense. So this is where it starts to trickle down to everybody else, um, depending on what the next move is. If it's just Colorado and, say, UConn and everything else stays the same, then maybe we cool off for a couple of years. I, I do think that's still very possible. Um, it again is going to come down to the Arizona schools and if the Pac-12 can ever figure out what that deal is. If there was a if there was a deal, a good deal to be had, it would have been had by now. Let's recount real quick why the Big 12 made such a smart move with its TV negotiations. Instead of taking it to the open market, they jumped ahead and said, hey, we'll renegotiate now. ESPN and Fox will take will take whatever you give us. And we got it. And, and, and so they got about thirty one million dollars from ESPN and Fox locked in. And that messed up the Pac-12 because that took their biggest suitors uh, either off the market if you're Fox or very limited if you're ESPN. And now ESPN is going through a bunch of layoffs. This is the worst possible time to have to renegotiate a TV deal. The Big 12 knew that. And that's why they jumped in, took a below market value, simply just re-upped with the people they already had uh, so they could get that stability. 
And now they have that. And that's why it's it was like, a smart move. See, but you chess. say below market value and that's arguably not true at this point, right? I mean, we just don't, we don't know where this Pac-12 yeah. deal is going to end up. And I know they're interconnected and stuff, but ultimately, you know, they delivered a deal that is going to make them more money without Texas and Oklahoma, which if you remember in the summer of 2021, that was certainly not anyone's expectation. Yeah. So yeah, that move um, ended up paying off in a, in a big way here. And I think it provides that stability and, you know, at 31, 6, 31, 7 million, whatever it is, um, it, it at least gives them something that they can offer to these Pac-12 schools of, hey, throughout this insecurity that you're dealing with and, and the Big 12 members have dealt it before, um, you know, where where is the Pac-12 deal going to end up, even if it is high 20s or low 30s or whatever, is it going to be very linear? Is it going to be a lot of streaming? Like, who are the partners to that? I think there's, I don't think that George Klyovkov has done much to really quell the concerns there. Um, Let me ask you guys this, because it's the one thing that I can't get out of my head. Like, what are you thinking if you're just Oregon and Washington right now? Because it's like they still have two major assets in that conference and probably going to be the apple of someone's eye here in the next you know, short term uh, years or months. I don't know what it is, but like, what do you do if your major brands that have made the four team field in the college football playoff and, you know, are attractive to just about anybody? They, so they, they don't want to expand the Pac 12. They, 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 they would prefer a Pac 12 where it's not that difficult to get into this 12 team playoff. I think, I think if, from the Oregon Washington standpoint, um, you see a lot of upside there in terms of being able to dominate this this league after USC and UCLA are gone and be in the 12 team playoff annually. But, you know, chaos is a ladder, guys. So, like, can you use this opportunity to to in some way? I, I don't know. Try try and create some momentum here at the Big Ten. I'm I'm sure I'm sure that if you're at Oregon and Washington, it's probably makes sense to do some flirting here and try to get that that moving if you can, um, because they're the ones that, that that wield the power here. They are, you know, from from a TV standpoint, more valuable than the rest of the members of their conference. And so, um, you know, are, we, ha, I, I think their influence is, is pretty significant here. And I'd love to know how Phil, Phil Knight and some of the decision makers at those schools uh, react to Colorado actually making this move. Yeah, and let me, yeah, let me just like switch yeah. back to the Big 12. Chris, if you want to make a point, go ahead before we move on. I was going to say, like, if the Big Ten wanted Oregon and Washington, it would already have Oregon and mm-hmm. Washington. It decided not to do that last year, and there's a reason it decided not to do that. And Tony Petiti, the Big Ten commissioner, said this week that they're, he's not been directed by presidents to look at expansion. They are focused on USC and UCLA and moving forward from there. Um it, 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 I, if the Pac-12 falls apart, I don't know, maybe that changes, but it's pretty clear that the SEC and, and Big Ten are not looking to increase right now. If the Pac-12 falls apart, if the ACC falls apart, maybe that changes. But Oregon and Washington are in that weird spot where like, there's instability in the ACC and the Pac-12 because they have valuable brands. The Big 12 has the benefit of everybody being just about equal and nobody wanted to take anybody. So they're all on the same page right now. And when you have conference members that want different things, that's when things start to get unstable. Yeah. This wouldn't be a college football podcast in 2023 if we didn't talk about Dion and Colorado as an asset. Cause I do think that like with Dion, they're one thing and without them, they're another thing. Um, what does this change uh, for Dion Sanders, if anything, in your guys's mind and too, like how do you view Colorado just as an asset for the big 12? Is this a chess piece or chess move for the, the, you know, long-term security of the conference to try to, you know, make sure things are, are 
just in squared away for them? Or, or is this a, a major asset that you think could be a, a huge get for them long term? I, I haven't spoken with Deion Sanders about what he thinks of the Big 12, but <laughs> everybody else I have spoken with tells me Deion Sanders wanted to be in the Big 12. He wanted to recruit Texas and recruit nationally. Certainly the Big 12's footprint when you go into Florida and, and you know, um, spread out across the country with these four new members. Um, I think there's there's appeal there for Deion Sanders from, from everybody I've talked to. Um, I, I know that that Brett Yormark found him very appealing. I think he he looks at he looks at brands. He cares about brands, and I think Dion is Dion is the Colorado brand at the moment. Um, and and so I I certainly think that was a factor. I don't think that's the only reason why Colorado was coveted by the Big Twelve. They were interested in Colorado last summer um, when Carl Jarrell was still there. So I mean, this has been cooking for quite a while. But um, I I you know it's it's funny that we're going to open the Dion era with them playing on the road at TCU uh, and TCU giving them potentially a pretty brutal welcome to the future mm-hmm. of the big 12. Um, but I, I, I think that, I think, I think that look, Dion isn't driving the bus, you know, coach prime's not driving the bus on, on realignment decisions for Colorado, but I, I, I think he made it known that this was his preference. And um, you know, I, I think that there's a feeling among folks in the big 12 that, you know, Colorado can ultimately become additive for the Big 12 when you think about the next TV deal um, down the road in, in 2030 that, uh, you know, if they can have stability, um, they can have the kind of success that that they used to have under Gary Barnett in this conference. I do think can that from talk, a recruiting I, I standpoint, that for it's... A second. Hold on. That Dion point, like him being involved in like realignment and meetings and wanting Dion, that to me just seems incredibly short-sighted we have another podcast episode coming up in this feed about first year head coaches and we did an over under of how long he's going to be there of 3.5 years and i think we all took the under whether that's because he leaves whether it takes another job or potentially health issues colorado has done nothing for 20 years and the odds of Deion sanders being there for more than four years are low the odds of any coach being in any job for more than four years are incredibly low. So if like Dion has two bad seasons and then bails and Shador is gone, like then what is the big 12 stuck with? I think that that's the question everybody I've talked to has about Colorado and how much of an additive they really are for the big, 12 which is likely, like you the, said, the favorite the thing doesn't happen. Like that's the favorite of what's going to happen. Now, the question yeah. I have is, and I'm not going to go down in this row, but like I like picturing Dion recruiting Dallas and selling Texas and all that stuff is an exciting, you know, proposition for me. But, you know, the fact is, is that I feel like no matter which way you look at it, if Dion has a really awesome first four years and does things at an unprecedented level, then Colorado might no longer be a attractive place for him to work when he gets other offers. And if it goes bad or he has health issues, hopefully not, not that, but if it were to happen, then he's gone. So I don't really see a lot of pathways to, you know, Dion being the coach there. And, you know, that's why it's such an interesting dynamic of like, is Colorado a good asset or is it a good chess move? And and those two things are, are maybe equally important. Yes, that's a good point. The chess move. Like if you're the big 12 here, the biggest reason to get Colorado and try to start this whole thing is to kill the Pac-12. Like that, that is ultimately what this is about. It's about survival. And if you yeah. can take a school from another conference, even if it's the bottom team in that conference, that puts them in a more difficult spot. And that's why ultimately I understand why the Big 12 is doing what it's doing and why it's been pretty clear from the beginning that this is what they always wanted to do. 
Well, look, guys, the, the, the reality here is um, the value in this is Power 5 consolidation. You know, it's not just the mm-hmm. individual schools. And yep. I think that's probably the case on the TV side, too. Let's be honest. I mean, ESPN and Fox, do you want to just modify the deal you've already signed with the Big 12 here and, and you know, do the pro rata and, and, and give Colorado and, and another school, you know, 31 a year or whatever? Or do you want to go in and overpay for a whole conference, right? I mean, I think that's part of why these these things happen nowadays in terms of realignment. And so I'm not I'm not saying the networks are directing this. And I mean, Colorado came to this conclusion, but um, yeah, that's Chris is right. That's that's the larger, um, you know, that's larger game that's going on here. Yeah. So is there anything that I forgot to ask? Because I want to do Dave Ubbin taught me this. If you're doing an interview or you're talking to people, and you are afraid that you missed a major point to always make sure you ask that question. But is there like a major talking point or a thought process that I didn't cover that you guys think is important to get in here before we get out of here? I do that same thing, by the way. I end every interview with, is there anything Did else? Did Dave Ubbin teach know? you it too? No, I don't. I got it a long time ago. But it's, it's, a, it's a good way to finish. I, 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 my, my final thought is ultimately like, it's not surprising Colorado did this. It's not the end of the Pac-12. What happens next is the most important thing. And that we still have no idea. But as the longer the Pac-12 has taken, the less optimism you have. And considering it's taken like a year now, there is not a lot of optimism I have that it'll work out. Uh, I hope it does. I'm kind of sick of realignment. I want this to just kind of stop and (laughs) we can get back to talking about football. But these existential crises keep popping up every year and we go with it. It's one of these things where I just like, I don't know how many people actually genuinely like it. I just think it's something that you have to be paying attention to because it's important. Um, and I, Max and I recorded a podcast that's going to run next week. And I was like, we're talking about games we want to watch. And it's like, that was really exciting for me. And just like 12 hours later, here we are, you know, and uh, you know, that's just part of the deal. But, you know, it's very it's just one news uh, piece of news there, and then the whole thing goes off the rails because we've seen this before, and I'm, I'm wondering if that's going to happen again. Well, Max, you know, anything else? Yeah, I just want to add, like, again, in covering this for 12 months, I, I think certainly aware a lot of people kind of tried to knock this stuff as like just being a, a Twitter war and fake news and all this kind of stuff. And look, I, I didn't, you know, I think I think we've been pretty consistent reporting this as a possibility. Um, I, I'm I'm still a little bit surprised it, it still came to pass. Um, but this was, this was always on the table here for the past few months. And, and I think that it's a credit to Brett Yormark. And, and certainly I think it leads to a lot of questions uh, for, for George Klyovkov as, as Stu wrote a, a good column on that this morning. Um, how, how could you knock this as being something you're not concerned about? How could you kind of dismiss this? I mean, ultimately um, I think these next few weeks are, are going to be absolutely critical uh, not just for the Pac-12 TV deal, but for, for George Klyovkov and, and you know how they move forward. Well, thanks, guys. I really appreciate that. That was a heavy episode, but I think an entertaining one. Um, we will be getting back to talking about football for the time being. Max, I hope we can have you uh, talking about football a little bit more. And, you know, maybe you can take a small break from this, but maybe that won't happen. I don't know. Enjoy a good lunch today <laughs> at the very least. Right. You, you deserve that. Um, guys, that was the latest edition of this episode or I mean of this podcast. And I guess I'm going to say it ironically or not ironically. We'll catch you. Keep you up to speed until Saturday. <laughs>